You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 250. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Wow, episode 250. It's... I don't know what to say. It's a big round number. That's all I can say. Uh, and uh, and we should definitely celebrate that. Um, happy Halloween, everyone, I guess. I have mixed feelings about Halloween. You know, I love this time of year. It's actually a nice holiday. I'm a big fan of haunted houses. Uh, I think they're hilarious. I love the ambiance. Uh, I don't so much like costume parties. I could never figure out what to wear at costume parties. I don't like spending all this time figuring out what my costume is going to be. Uh, even if I just go to the store to buy a costume at the costume store, I'm like, do I really want to buy this costume and wear it for like an hour that to impress no one and then just, uh, what, put it in my closet for uh, forever and ever? I, I just... I just don't get costumes. Um, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's just one thing uh, about me that uh, that that comes up. But uh, I don't know what to say. I, I I don't I don't have a particular aesthetic affinity towards uh, towards uh, not that I don't have an aesthetic affinity towards costumes. I just I don't know what to wear, and so um, that's. Uh, that's always an issue. Uh, maybe I'll get trick-or-treaters, hopefully not while we're doing the podcast today, because, uh, well, what is it? It's a little bit past three o'clock here uh, on the East Coast, uh, so I don't think so, uh, but but we'll see what happens. I'm actually going to Aaron's uh, later today uh, to uh, to uh, go around with them, with, with their kids. Their kids are trick-or-treating. All right, what else is going on today? Uh, Free the Bird, yes, Twitter is now owned by Elon Musk. Uh, and, well, before we get into that, that's the main topic of today. We've got a few other things. First of all, as some of you know, I recently did a public debate. It was a lot of fun. It was an unbelievable experience. Uh, the uh, resolution was resolved. Monarchy is better than representative democracy. So a very, uh, <laughs> very spirited discussion. I was representing the the democracy side, um, of course, not of course, maybe people don't know. Uh, but anyway, that is coming soon. We're just working on, I have very good sound for it. The video is a little bit iffy. We got to put a few things together, but because the sound is good, you'll be able to hear it. And uh, and we're putting that together. So that is that is coming soon. And you could see what was said and what happened. And I'm sure, you know, at, at the same time, we'll also have some uh, post-debate recaps, maybe one with Aaron uh, as well. Um, I also want to welcome anyone who is coming over to the Local Maximum from the podcast Talk Python to Me. Yes, we uh, did a, we started an ad campaign on Talk Python to Me. So many of you uh, will have heard that ad that Aaron and I did. We spent like almost an hour recording takes of this one-minute ad. We, we wrote out our script, we recorded our one-minute ad, and it was like three and a half minutes. I guess that's what's happened. And then, so we had to do it over and over again and uh, finally got it really tight. It was a nice ad. So definitely listen to the latest episode of Talk Python to Me with Benji Weinberger uh, to get that ad. Also, it's a pretty good episode if you are into Python and into uh, technical build tools. So um, it, it was great that I I, I didn't set this up, but I know the person that he was interviewing, uh, Benji. Uh, so that was uh, that was really cool. Um, for those of you who are coming in, this might be your first episode. We definitely have different episodes on the Local Maximum that have different flavors. 
Today is a solo show. That means it's just me. No one else is here. As you can see, we also have video today. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Uh, the others are when Aaron, my co-host, comes in and we talk about current events or we talk about a concept, of whether it's in mathematics or philosophy. And I do interviews occasionally of all sorts of different people. Uh, so today you're going to hear about some of the business landscape and technology and social media. Uh, so we're not going to get so much technical or philosophical today, but we are going to talk about business strategy. Hey, I did. I do have half an MBA, so remember that. Uh, also, you might hear my opinions today, which you may or may not like. But what can I do? I only have one podcast, so uh, if you if you don't like them, there will be others. Um, I also want to point out that today is about, uh, or this week is, I, I think even today is exactly 10 years after the Frankenstorm, Hurricane Sandy hit New York City when I was there. Um, and I feel like I want to do a full recap episode on Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I could do that alone, or maybe I'll ask Aaron if he wants that to do with me. Um, I, I think it's what well, it was very valuable to do for, for 9-11. Um, if you haven't, uh, go back and check out those episodes. Uh, th those are actually one of our most popular episodes over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, I like doing those recaps, one, for the sake of historians. It's good to have a, a first-person account of some of these with some distance, so you combine your memories with, uh, with information that you pull up. Uh, and in many ways, uh, that hurricane was kind of the anti-COVID for me. I think it was the last time kind of New Yorkers came together during a crisis and, and people were willing to work hard to push through it. So to me, uh, the contrast between the reaction to Sandy and, and the reaction eight years later uh, to COVID uh, is really stark. And, you know, there could be various reasons for that. Maybe we'll get to talk about it. Uh, and, but that's not today. Uh, we'll do that uh, in, in a future episode. If you want input on what we talk about on these episodes, go to our localsmaximum.locals.com to weigh in. Or you can just email me, localmaxradio at gmail.com. So the Musk takeover of Twitter is complete. I feel like I've been talking about this so many episodes. It has been a month since we've talked about it, to be fair. Uh, Fallout has included a lot of screaming and a lot of anecdotal complaining, even though there hasn't been huge policy shifts yet. Um, the, to me, I, I feel the, the amount of vitriol against one person is really incredible. Sometimes it's hard to move away from, from the, system of, of the system of power, essentially, that you've been building and justifying for many years. Even when you're building a product, if a new, uh, new management comes in and, and they want to do something completely different, just to take politics out of it and to take, uh, to take these specific issues out of it, uh, you, it kind of feels bad if uh, new people come in and say, we're going to do things differently. And the, 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 the systems that you've built up for many years no longer work. You kind of, it's kind of angering. You kind of feel, uh, you kind of feel uh, side, sidestepped. And so many Twitter employees might feel that way, uh, even, if, you know, even if they're wrong. Uh, but ultimately, yay for creative destruction. Things are changing. And so I want to go back a couple years to my analysis back in January 2021 to see how things out. So I was reviewing the episode from 2021 called Decentralizing Before Our Eyes. That was the episode, episode 153. And that was in the wake of uh, Parler being taken off the internet by Amazon. And of course, uh, Donald Trump being permanently banned for life by Twitter. That's also an interesting, you know, an interesting feature that uh, Musk is going to review, the idea that you can be banned for life. Uh, life, 
say what you want about life, but it's a pretty long time. Well, I, I don't know. There's that, there's that saying, life is short. But <laughs> for a Twitter ban, it's a pretty long time uh, to ban someone. You know, you might think, oh, maybe a three-month ban or, or a six-month ban. Um, but this whole idea that we're going to ban you for life uh, is, is perhaps destructive to the, to, to, to the whole idea of social media and perhaps a, um, you know, perhaps one of those, it, it almost feels like, you know, the, those tropes that they had on, um, you know, on TV shows about high schools where they're like, we're going to put this on your permanent record as if like, you know, that, that it's going to be available uh, in any considerable amount of time. Uh, but I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just an interesting, it, the whole lifetime ban is just a really bizarre thing from this era. Um, okay. Uh, so some of the things that I said in episode 153, I said that the centralized era of the internet, of social media, of communication uh, is ending. Um, it actually ended once before. It ended once before uh, by the internet itself, uh, when the internet itself allowed all these voices, but then these voices centralized into a, a single uh, large platforms. So we had lots of voices, but we had the um, the dissemination of those voices uh, by uh, uh, you know done by uh, by centralized actors. And um, as we've noted, centralization creates conflict. And so I argued that Twitter is really missing the big picture with the Trump ban, and now we see the long-term effects. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the banning of satire site Babylon B, which was um, uh, the the least justified, um, was really incredible because uh, that was what led to Twitter being taken over by Elon Musk, uh, uh, unbelievably. And I also talked about Mastodon, which was one of these decentralized options, uh, these federated options that are coming along the pike, uh, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get a little update on that. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time we saw a long run-up from banning, from banning Alex Jones, who I would say is probably one of the most controversial people on social media, or he was, and so we talked about on episode 28 uh, in, in August of 2018 when he was banned by, uh, by all of social media at the same time. Um, and then you wait two, two and a half years later, and they're finally banning the New York Post, lifetime ban on Donald Trump, uh, in episode 153. Um, and, you know, and they claimed that Trump was using the platform to promote violence. They have to say that in order to justify what they're doing, but ultimately, uh, it really wasn't a correct characterization of his tweets and what was going on. And so, it was propaganda. And uh, regardless of what you think of Trump, it invites the backlash that we're seeing today. Uh, and then they didn't just stop there. They didn't just stop that. You know, the, I'm kind of proud of that episode because if you go back and, and listen to it, it is uh, very even handed. Whereas if you look at like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to name names, uh, Kara Swisher's uh, podcast at the time, it's just over the top hysterical. Um, and so, and a lot of a lot of media at the time was over the top hysterical. So they didn't just stop there. That wasn't the final push to deplatform all their enemies. They kept going. And so they were censoring, you know, doctors, just dissident randos who would say things. And, uh, and finally, they would censor uh, satire sites, people who make fun of them, like the Babylon Bee. And that's when it got Musk's attention. So... Even though they, uh, you know, management, uh, you know, I, I pointed out at the time that, that Twitter 
they, they were kind of screwed. They were not doing very well. They were not going to manage the company very well. And they're being pummeled by all these forces that are pushing them in the wrong direction. There's nothing they can do. Um, the management of Twitter, I think, was terrible. Uh, you might say, well, they got, you know, they took it to the next step and they got it sold. Yes. E even though they got fired, they were really bailed out by Elon Musk. Uh, they were already driving the company into the ground. And I know there are people on the inside saying, no, Elon is ruining it, blah, 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 blah. But your company's value has dropped precipitously over the last year and a half with your current way of thinking. And some of that is market trends, but a lot of that is the fault of current management and the current way of thinking that, uh, that they perpetuate. Uh, I think there can be no doubt about that. And if this takeover hadn't happened, you know, Twitter would have eventually been left in the dust, dust uh, you know, death by a thousand cuts of alternatives and competitors and just different places to go. Uh, these alts and competitors, we're going to talk them about, a little, about them a little bit, are still going to be heating up in the Elon Musk Twitter era. But Twitter might now be able to compete in this new iteration of the internet. So once again, I say the second time, yay for creative destruction. Um, now, this happened in uh, January of 2021 with everybody threatening uh, to move over to other platforms. At the time, it was mostly conservatives threatening to move over to other platforms, whether it be Parler or Getter or... Um, I guess Rumble, uh, you know, uh, w whatever they are, um, and, uh, and and eventually Truth Social. Uh, now the the tables are a little bit turned, uh, and uh, it's interesting uh, that the people who are now leaving Twitter are not complaining that they're getting censored or shadow banned, but they're complaining that uh, other people aren't, so they can't support the uh, the platform, uh, and so. Now, they're looking to go to places like Mastodon, which I, I mentioned uh, uh, back in, uh, in, in, in 153, uh, back, back in 2021. Uh, so um, throughout all these cycles, we see some Twitter users flush, uh, flooding in, some Twitter users flooding out. And how is this all going to play out? What are going to be the, uh, the, the timeless principles that come 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 through this unscathed after years and years of experimenting. Uh, that's what I think we should see. So what is the new strategy? Um, will Elon Musk's Twitter be more crypto friendly? By that, I mean Web3 friendly, decentralization friendly. It all goes back to episode six. I'm going to write that again, episode six, uh, talking about the next phase of the web, which, uh, which um, it's unclear exactly how that looks, but we feel like... Um, Protocols are a big part of it. Uh, blockchain is a big part of it. Federated uh, services is a big part of it. Uh, I'm going to read a quote now from Decrypt um, about this takeover. Uh, it says that uh, uh, in texts with a representative for FDX uh, CEO, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, um, Musk wrote, so, sorry, Musk wrote to a representative of Sam Bankman-Fried. He wrote, blockchain Twitter isn't possible. The bandwidth and latency requirements cannot be supported by a peer-to-peer -peer network unless those peers are absolutely gigantic, thus defeating the purpose of a decentralized network. Uh, and yet, Binance, the biggest crypto exchange in the world, backed Musk's final buy, 
to the tune of $500 million and is creating an internal team to focus on ways that blockchain and Twitter could be helpful to Twitter. The company told Decrypt on Friday, Binance believes it has Musk's ear. So I think what's going on here is that you can't put the tweets themselves, the actual tweets on the blockchain, because that is just too big. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of the same problem with uh, Bitcoin and then, then the Lightning Network on top of it, where you don't want every single transaction on the blockchain, otherwise it gets bloated. Um, transactions are actually tiny compared to tweets, uh, and tweets are even tinier still compared to videos. That's why, you know, even Odyssey that has the... Um, is the decentralized video platform, sorry, uh, library, which is this decentralized video platform, Odyssey is on, on top of it. Uh, they have a blockchain for the metadata of the videos, but they don't actually put the videos in the blockchain because that would just be crazy. I think that's what's happening here. And yet there are still ways uh, to make Twitter more web friendly. Now, there's nothing specific coming out about what Musk is trying to do, but I think that something is going to be done. Uh, and... It's also important to point out, you know, what a difference a year and a half makes. Um, you know, we we talked about Facebook failing in episode uh, 211. I pointed out how Facebook stock was down 20%. I'm sorry, Meta's stock was down 20% um, and compared it to when the stock was down in uh, 2012 and when the stock was down in 2018. And the idea was, hey, both those times, it came back very fast. And, you know, don't, don't bet against Mark Zuckerberg. He keeps winning. Um, but um, we asked, is it going to be temporary or is this going to be much worse than what it was before? And here it fell, and then it just kept falling. Uh, the, their stock has fallen spectacularly over the last, uh, over the last few years. And there are several different reasons for that. Um, uh, you know, is, is Facebook imploding on their strategy? Is it their strategy of the uh, of of Meta, the metaverse? Um, and I think one of the problems with the metaverse is that it's going to take many years to uh, to come to fruition. Um, I don't know if their version of it is going to be any good, um, you know, because they're the incumbents now. They they don't have the ear of the people. Would they have been better off going with a crypto strategy? I thought well. I remember, you know, back in episode, I think, 78, they, they did this with, with the crypto strategy. They did this with Libra. They tried to come up with their own coin, Libra. Then it was called Diem. Then it was called nothing because it was canceled. It was like this big media blitz where they're like, this is, this is the Bitcoin killer. Forget Bitcoin. Forget all these other, uh, you know, crypto networks. Um, you know, now that Facebook's involved, they're going to win this. No problem. What a load of crap that was. Uh, <laughs> so that didn't work. Um, and I think they, if they couldn't control it, they didn't want it. Um, and so even though they, I think they would be better off with a crypto strategy, and I think they would be better off with a crypto strategy going with one of these independent blockchains, whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum or even, you know, one of the alternative independent blockchains. They'd be better off with Dogecoin than they would, were with Libra because Dogecoin still exists, um, although I wouldn't recommend Dogecoin. But this, I think this is the, their whole... If we can't control it, we don't want it. This is the mindset that got them to where they are. This is Facebook's modus operandi. Uh, so is this going to hold them back in the future? Is this going to hold them back when it comes to Web3? And thus, when it comes to the metaverse, um, I, th I think it might. I think that's something I'd be very concerned about. Uh, if I were thinking about Facebook's strategy, they have to do something. They can't just keep doing what they're doing with the Facebook platform itself. Uh, it's not... Um, it's not very 
Uh, it's not very sticky. Uh, you know, uh, their lunch is being eaten by TikTok and other social networks. And so th- they have to do something. But I, uh, I don't know if they're going quite in, in the right direction with, with, with this. And uh, let's face it, um, with all the politics, with all the political, uh, w- w- with all the political activism in these companies, that has got to hurt. Um, I feel like Mark Zuckerberg did a lot of political activism in 2020 to change the outcome of the election. Uh, perhaps he was successful. Uh, it seems like he is not, not so interested in that anymore. Um, it's hard to keep up that, that, sort, of, um, that sort of rush to uh, that, that, um, that, that feeling that, uh, that, that, that we're really in trouble and this is the one time where we have to uh, throw everything out. You can't continue that uh, every two years, um, maybe not every four years. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. So, um, you know, I hope that I hope that something like the world of augmented reality or even virtual reality. I hope there are many great products that come out of it. I hope there are many great products that help humanity. Um, you know, I you shouldn't be totally pessimistic about this stuff, but Facebook is imploding, and I kind of think they deserve it. But uh, but we'll see if they could turn around. All right. So one of the alternative networks that I mentioned. Uh, last time or a year and a half ago was was Mastodon. Uh, Mastodon is a federated version of Twitter, um, and there is something that's kind of difficult about it to use because if you are belong to one of the federated uh, uh, per components of Mastodon, people in the other components can see your tweets, but if you move components, it's kind of weird because you have to create a new screen name. So it's not like you're moving all of your your tweets with it. And I think this is what. Jack Dorsey is trying to fit, fix with Blue Sky. We'll get into it in a little bit. It's hard to get really good data, really good numbers on, on what they have today. Uh, so versus a year ago, uh, you know, one number I got from, from a website was 1.2 million active. So that's only 20% growth, which would be nice for some businesses, but it's not okay for the kind of tech growth that you need to get to a billion users. Um, or a recent article uh, on Blue Sky, which I'll get to in a minute, uh, says 4 million users. So I don't know what it is. Um, that's not huge, uh, but they might be growing this week. Discord, another alternative. They have hundreds of millions of users, but they are not uh, uh, at all like uh, Twitter and, and Mastodon. They are not that kind of microblogging service. Um, it's, it's, it's more of a well, it's more of an instant messaging uh, throwback, uh, or, or uh, the interface is very similar to uh, to Slack. Uh, it kind of feels like nicer than Slack. It feels feels faster, but Slack is you know mostly for businesses. So, all right, Blue Sky. This is something that is coming out from Jack Dor- from well Jack Dorsey's project at Twitter that he brought with him. My question is, you know, what is it according to Gizmodo? Uh, and they've recently come out with a. Uh, um, uh, a beta, they announced a beta that you can get on. So if you, you go on the internet and you look up Blue Sky, you can get on their beta to, to try it out. Uh, according to Gizmodo, Blue Sky, which was founded back in 2019, announced Tuesday that they were launching the so-called Blue Sky social app soon and put out a call for people to join a closed beta. At the same time, the team shared details of its underlying AT protocol, an independent decentralized framework for the social system, which the team called a federated network. So uh, federated network sounds a lot like Mastodon. How is it different from Mastodon? 
couldn't really get to the bottom of that quite yet. My theory is that it was Dorsey's side project at Twitter because this is how he felt things should really work. And because they wouldn't let him do it with Twitter, uh, what he wanted to do, then he started this side project. Um, According to Jay Graber, who's one of the developers, also a crypto guy, he says, in theory, a centralized standard like this should, in the long run, allow users to move across platforms and carry their posts and content with them, which is a really good thing uh, for uh, in, in exchange for Mastodon, where maybe there's a little bit more friction there. Uh, uh, the, uh, Graber also said that they're going to develop a healthier balance of power. So they are basically building constitutional structure, checks and balances, governance. Very interesting. Can they succeed in a way that Diaspora and Mastodon have not? Still to be seen. So uh, 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 it, it, it's, it's unclear. Uh, lots of things like this have been tried to build in the past, but, but it's still also very clear that things are very changing and we don't see what's going to happen as the future is, is up in the air. Um, another thing that they're going to include is the idea of choose your own algorithm. And by algorithm, we mean the content filtering, the moderation, and the ranking algorithm for what you see. Uh, choose your own algorithm. As difficult it is as implementing that, we talked about that, um, and I discussed that in episode 204 with my interview of, uh, of Johnny Nelson. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that will become more popular as time goes on, particularly as this project uh, uh, comes to fruition. So uh, the bottom line is, uh, I think that the stuff that I said back in January of 2021 uh, aged well. I said the future is up for grabs. It, it's clear that it still is. And, uh, and uh, I, I think that um, the fact that Elon Musk's deal has closed with Twitter and the fact that Facebook as a social media company has gone in a completely different direction than it was about two years ago. Um, YouTube, you don't hear about as much. Uh, Google has not been doing as badly as Facebook, but they've still been doing pretty badly. Um, and so it's, um, it's, uh, it, it, it's sort of like the, the, the hysteria of January two, two, 2021 has really died down. And now we see the aftermath where they kind of uh, destroyed their companies and now new things are being built from the ashes, and we'll have to see what, uh, what, what things become popular. I have a feeling uh, the Internet's going to be a lot more free than it was in, in 2021. It already is way more free than it was in 2021. All right. So that is all I really have to say about, uh, about the business landscape for information online for today. A lot more, of course, can be said about it and will be said about it. Let us know at Maximum.Locals.com what you think or what stories you think we should cover. But now we're going to go into our segment. And now, the Probability Distribution of the Week. Ah, yes, the Probability Distribution of the Week. This is a segment that we do not quite every week. I usually don't do them with the... uh, uh, with the um, with the shows where uh, where we do interviews because that would kind of distract from the interview. Uh, and of course, there are some uh, probability distributions of the week that I like doing when Aaron is here, so I'll wait for him here. But today's, today's distribution is not one of the core distributions. It's, I don't want to call it a throwaway, but it's a little bit off to the side. It's kind of like a fun fact distribution, and it's called Benford's Law. 
So actually, we're going to go for kind of an, an obscure one, but it fits in with Ziff's Law that we've been doing recently. If you look at previous episodes, Ziff's Law was the distribution of letters in a language and words in a language. So, you know, the idea is you have the most frequent word and then the second most frequent word and the third most frequent word, and that kind of forms a pattern. And that p- pattern uh, is a- approximately Ziff's Law. This is the distribution of leading digits in numbers that you'll see in data sets. And so what could a data set be? It could be uh, any data set, really, um, but usually data sets involving, let's say you're looking for natural numbers in um, natural numbers in written text corpuses. Like, hey, look at Wikipedia. Uh, what are numbers, like non-math things. Let's just say it's, um, it's population statistics or something like that. Um, what, what are the leading numbers? And, and you'd think, okay, well, you could have a number where the leading number is one, like 14. You could have a, you could have a number where the leading number is three, like 39. Uh, you know, what's the probability that the leading number of any given number in your text corpus is going to be one? Why isn't it one-ninth? It isn't one-ninth. Uh, you, know, you might think it's one-ninth because <laughs> you know, uh, uh, one out of nine digits are one. If it was one-ninth, if they were all one-ninth, we wouldn't have a Benford's Law because uh, it would just be a uniform distribution. Um, and I think you know, there, there are a few ways to think about why uh, it's not one-ninth and, and why ones, having a leading digit of one, is m- more common than having a leading digit of two, which is more common than having a leading digit of three, so on and so forth. So you know, first I ask you, uh, pick a number between 1 and 100. Now, if you pick a number between 1 and 100, uh, your leading digit uh, will be uh, given... Uh, what's the probability that your leading digit is going to be 1? Uh, well, maybe not exactly, because if you include 100 or whatever, but it's approximately one ninth. okay? The issue is now, okay, double your number. Okay, now, now you've got a, 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 an even number between 2 and 200, and now you could see almost half of them, almost half of them, uh, have a uh, have a have a leading digit of one. So it, it's interesting how uh, you know just depending on what your range of numbers is, whether it's zero to a hundred or zero to two hundred, you have a very different um, probability for having a leading digit of one. Um, and so. Uh, it really depends on uh, your data set. You know, how does the probability of a number, what's the probability, you know, what is the distribution of, of numbers as a whole? And usually you think at some point, larger numbers uh, become less and less likely. So the probability of numbers shrinks as the numbers get higher and higher. And some data sets might have an explicit cutoff, like 200, and some might kind of slowly uh, peter out, whereas, whereas other numbers are... Uh, 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 other numbers are more likely. So Benford's law kind of falls out of most of these distributions. And uh, Benford's law is, I don't necessarily want to, you know, harp on the on the formula, which is kind of hard to, to to memorize or say, but for digits, it's, it's log base 10 of 1 plus 1 over D, where, where D is the digit. So for example, for the digit 1, it's log base 10 of 1 plus 1 over 1, you know, log base 10 of 2. Uh, and so on and so forth. So about 30% or so. Um, and uh, it, it is one of those trippier things, just like Ziff's Law, where all these natural languages follow the same distribution, the same thing with numbers. Uh, there's no reason, seemingly, why a set of numbers 
uh, should follow this distribution of their leading dig digits, uh, but they do because it falls out of distributions of, of numbers as a whole. Uh, interestingly, uh, it, it also falls out of uh, a question that you can ask, which is, you know, what is the percent of numbers with one as the leading digit? Um, which is a question that really doesn't have a good answer because the, the percent of numbers, well, first of all, there are an infinite number of numbers. So we're really talking about the density of numbers. Um, you know, you could ask, what percent of numbers are even? Well, uh, really what we want to know is what's the density of numbers that are even? And so uh, if you count and you count off to infinity and uh, uh, you have your count in the denominator, and the, in the numerator you have the number of even numbers, uh, well, it'll alternate a little bit, but that will converge to 50%. So you can say the density of even numbers in counting numbers is 50%, because that limits to 50%. Here, the density of numbers with one as leading digits does not converge. Think about it this way. Uh, if I were to start with a, 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 a number, if I were to go up, count up to a number that is all nines, like 999 or 999,999, uh, uh, if I were to count up to that number, then the density of leading digit ones will be uh, one ninth, um, just like we were doing the, the one to 100th uh, uh, exercise before. But if I were to count up to any number that starts with 2 times a power of 10, so whether it's 200 or 2,000 or 2 billion for that matter, then the percent of, uh, of numbers that have a leading digit 1 is going to be 50%. Uh, so the density of numbers uh, with, uh, with leading digit 1 actually... Uh, even if you even if you go up to even if you go off to infinity, that density will hop around between one ninth, which is a little bit more than uh, uh, ten percent, uh, up to one half, and it will go up and down and up and down and up and down as you count uh, as you as you as you count towards infinity, which is really interesting. That means that some uh, you know you kind of think as density in the natural numbers as some kind of a as kind of some kind of a set uh, a value, but uh, it's actually, it's not defined in some cases. Now, I suspect if you sort of uh, put some dampening factor here, like you said, you know, each number is worth slightly less than numbers before. Maybe you put some uh, um, Ziff's law dampening. Maybe you put some zeta distribution on it. Maybe you put some uh, uh, geometric distribution on it with a very, very low, uh, you know, very, very light dampening. So even the numbers far out are... Uh, are are, are are still, uh, you know, the, are, are are still worth something. I think if you dampen it, then then it will converge. And I haven't checked this um, myself, but I think it will probably converge around where where Benford's law says. So it'll be interesting to uh, to to work out those distributions. But I think the takeaway of it, because I know it's hard unless you're there with a pen and paper, you're not going to take away what I'm saying with this. I think the takeaway of it is you're much more likely to have a number that starts with a one and lesser likely for two, three, four, so on, uh, because of the log scale, the log scale nature of numbers. And that's something that uh, it makes sense if you think about it long enough, but it's very unintuitive at the beginning. All right. So that was a fun probability distribution of the week. Uh, next week, 
I hope to have, uh, well, I hope to have Aaron back. Maybe we could, uh, you know, I'm going away to San Diego uh, for a few days, so it might be tough to do that because I'm I'm going to be working on uh, a, a, a political campaign. My cousin is, is running for office out there, uh, and then I'm going to come back. Uh, and uh, for those of you who are in San Diego, by the way, uh, Jordan Marks for for tax assessor, um, uh, uh, definitely look him up. Uh, but uh, then I'm going to come back, and I'll, I think I'll have some time to to talk to Aaron. Unless, nah, no, I don't know. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's it's gonna be a, a a quick one. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll just play the debate next week if we get that together. Uh, either way, a lot of cool things coming up. Hurricane Sandy recap, debate, uh, the election, uh, and um, a, a few interviews, and some authors coming up. So uh, lots going on here in the local maximum. Please, uh, uh, you know, so please stay tuned. Is all I want to say. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.